you know, I don't consider myself to be a landscape photographer or a wedding photographer. I just consider myself to be a photographer. So wherever I am, whatever I want to shoot, I shoot. Hey, Wiki Hunters, welcome back to the Art of Photography podcast, where we share our passion and how photography gives us hope, purpose, and happiness. Today, I have someone very excite, uh, exciting, and um, Victoria has been you know, in the game for a while, and she is one of the world-class photographers who is currently living here in uh, Canada. Um, I guess it's still considered as Canadian Rockies, and you know, if you look at her photos, she goes from um, portrait all the way to landscape, and her photos are absolutely amazing. So without further, further ado, I'd like to welcome Victoria. How are you doing, Victoria? Hi, Stanley. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Ah, perfect. Well, yeah, thank you very much for um, joining us. Um, I'm sure the listener would be ex um, you know, very excited to listen to some of your story and some of your struggles. Um, so... First of all, give us a little bit introduction. Um, you know, who is Victoria? And um, kind of give us a little bit of background, how you fell in love with photography in the first place and um, why you decided to, you know, make it a full-time thing. Okay. Um, so I've been doing photography probably, well, I mean, I should probably start by saying I've always been interested in, in the art. So I was going to be a fine artist. Um, and I um, headed off to art college to do that to start with. Um, and then I ended up doing an art history degree and um, I studied more kind of anthropology and non-Western art. So that was kind of interesting. So I moved away from actually physically creating art for a while. Um, I then ended up working for the National Trust in the UK, which is um, a big conservation charity. And I moved onto a tiny island with my husband. And um, this island was only 500 acres in size um, and only about 10 minutes from the mainland, but we were fairly isolated. Um, the boats would stop running at about 4.30 in the afternoon and, and it, they didn't run um, before, I think it was eight o'clock in the morning. So we were kind of stuck on this little island and it was beautiful. It was a nature reserve and it was really beautiful. Um, but it was at that point that I picked my camera back up. I mean, there was, you know, you couldn't kind of pop to the cafe or the pub or whatever at night. Um, so really, we, you know, it was fairly isolated in, from that respect. So I picked my camera back up and um, I had a dog. And so I would walk the dog on the island and I would just take my camera with me. And so I was seeing the same kind of views every day, but with a little bit of different light or a little bit of mist or things like that. So um that's kind of where I, I started with photography. And when I lived on the island, I had no one to really share what I was shooting with. Um, so I, um, I, I started using online stuff. So I, I went online and there was a, um, a site called DeviantArt, which I used. And so I would upload my images and um, I would get inspiration from the other photographers that I could see on that site. And I was very new to it all. So I was kind of learning the craft by looking at their images and then trying to figure out how they'd done stuff um, and then sharing my images and, you know, getting some feedback from people. And so I, that's kind of how it really started. And I guess I was lucky in that my first commercial client was the National Trust, who are a very large organization in the UK, but because I worked for them, 
you know, it was a great, you know, great step. They needed some images of the island. I had images. And so my first big client was this huge client. So that was pretty awesome as a start. Um, and then we left the island after 10 years looking for a place that was kind of quiet, but, um, and so that we could, you know, maybe go out for a meal in a restaurant or like go to the pub or something. Um, but we still wanted it to not be, you know, super busy and we, we loved the landscape. And um, my brother lived in Canada at the time. And so we ended up moving to Canada and um, we've been here ever since. So that was 13 years ago that we moved here. And then I continued, you know, I was suddenly able to visit way more places so I could jump in the car and, you know, go shoot different stuff. I had more than 500 acres um, to shoot. Um, and so, you know, it was fantastic. And I continued to um, post my stuff on social media. I started using Facebook at the time. And then I think inevitably, you know, what happens is if you're in a small community, people see your work and then, you know, they'll think, oh, this person's a photographer, maybe they can photograph my kids or something. And so I ended up, you know, shooting, doing kind of family stuff. And it was terrible, you know, really scary, you know, shooting commercially and people paying me for stuff. They'd see my landscapes and then asked me to shoot their family. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so I kind of fell into commercial work that way. And it just kind of escalated from there. So then, you know, I shot my first wedding, which was kind of scary. But then, you know, I kind of got over that and continued doing that. And um, really, it's just a story of living in a small community and shooting a lot of different things because I couldn't be, there wouldn't be um, an industry to support me as a food photographer, for example, in this tiny little town. So I needed to con continue to shoot everything. Um, and initially my landscape and nature work didn't really generate any kind of income. You know, I was just really shooting that for myself. Um, and then gradually that has come as well. So I'm, I'm pretty lucky that I can be a photographer who shoots many different things and can turn my eye in a lot of different directions and still make an income from all those different sources. That's kind of my, my story of how I got here. That's amazing. Long. So do you still shoot um, wedding or um, you kind of yeah. put that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I, I still, my, my income is, is made of so many different kind of small things. So, I mean, I'm not making a, you know, a, a load of money from one big thing, but my, my income comes from a number of smaller kind of sources. Um, and, and I think the thing that I enjoy, because at one point I was making, you know, quite a lot of money from wedding photography, but I felt kind of burnt out. I didn't want to be shooting, you know, weddings all summer and my daughter was growing up and I was spending my summer editing. And so I thought, you know, okay, I'm just, I'm not going to do too much of that. I'm going to do a little bit of that. And so I've always tried to keep everything in some kind of a balance so that I don't get, you know, I don't get bored of shooting people's weddings and I don't dread shooting the next wedding. I actually look forward to it because I don't do, you know, so much of it. And I, when, again, when I was first doing kind of commercial um, people photography I would get to kind of the end of the fall which is big kind of family photo time and I would just think I don't want to see another smiling face you know just put, take me to the mountains I just want to get out of here so I've tried to and I've been lucky that I've been able to kind of balance the different genres so that I can enjoy you know still continuing to shoot wedding photography still doing family stuff or whatever it is um, but there's a, a, a nice kind of a balance that's that's great to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Um, you know, I I I myself love I, I love so many things. I like uh, you know so many different genres of photography, and I find I struggle with that, like trying to find a balance. And um, that's 
um, you know, exactly what you say. I usually do one thing so much and then I burn out and then move on to the next thing and then go like, oh, I missed the other things. <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting that you share that. Um, it's, it's definitely um, like a different type of photography we really bring a different type of fulfillment, I suppose, um, to, to our soul. So, um, yeah, very interesting. And so I see a lot of this um, uh, work from you where it's, um, it's, it's like a winter wonderland um, portrait, like a more of a landscape um, that is um, complemented with a portrait, not, not, not mainly a portrait, but like a landscape with a portrait. And, you know, those, uh, those work are just so beautiful. Um, I really love um, being able to have that fashion um, part of it with the, the, the landscape. What got you started into that? And um, yeah, share us a little bit. What got you into started into that and um, why you, you started to do that? Um, I think because all the different genres of photography that I shoot cross over, I don't see any kind of, you know, I don't see any, you know, I don't consider myself to be a landscape photographer or a wedding photographer. I just consider myself to be a photographer. So wherever I am, whatever I want to shoot, I shoot. So if I'm shooting a landscape and I think, oh, this might be cool to, you know, put a person in there and see what that looks like, then that's what I do. Like, I just don't feel that there are any, I don't want to be bounded by any kind of, you know, I don't want any boundaries on what I can shoot. So basically, if I'm in the landscape and I happen to be hiking with a friend and, you know, I think, and I maybe shoot the landscape and I think it's missing something or, it, you know how how interesting would it be to put the human element in here and sometimes I will shoot those shots and they will never see the light of day and sometimes the shots with the human in are the ones that I you know prefer to share or maybe I share both um, but it's just another you know facet of of the things that interest me and I mean I could just be with my dog and I might pop him into the shot just to see how that looks um, so I there's I really just have no I think there's just no, there, and there's also not an awful lot of pre-planning. I'm usually just in the place and I just do whatever feels like I want to do. Like it's, it's as simple as that really. Awesome. And so I, you know, when I, um, when I think of, you know, landscape photography or when I'm on the, wearing the landscape photography hat, um, usually I really focus about the landscape and the nature and, and, and stuff like that. I totally forgot about, you know, adding human element on that. But um, when I see your work, it really creates something that is, um, that is extraordinary, you know, like uh, something that's really different. Um, how, do you, um, how do you think that um, adding human to, to, your, uh, to landscape um, help you with creativity and um, creating a, a more unique images? Um, I mean, there are people that absolutely hate seeing the human element in the landscape. And I'm, I'm also one of those people too sometimes. You know, I just, I don't want to see it. I just want to see the landscape. Um, I don't know. I think it's a difficult one. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I've kind of, I'm kind of lost the track of my thought now, but um, sorry, remind me again what the question is. <laughs> I was just, um, my question was um, just simply like, um, you know, do you think that it's important for photographers, you know, like people like landscape photographers to yeah. think about a different genre of photography and try to incorporate that with, um, you know, what they love the most in photography um, in order to create 
a, a, a unique type of photo, you know, um, we all know that photography is, um, can be saturated in a way. So um, does, does that help you with your creativity and being able to create something that stands out? I think so. I'm, I mean, I think we're all so different that I think that, you know, if you, I think you should, I, my feeling is that you should just do whatever speaks to you. If, if it, you know, I don't think that landscape photographers should necessarily put a human element into their landscape photography if that's not their thing, you know, but if they want to, then why should they not that, you know, I just think that it should be, it's an art form and it's, however you want to express yourself in whatever medium. And I think just because you're a landscape photographer, you shouldn't feel that you shouldn't do that thing if you want to do that thing. Um, but I, I, I think it should just be open. I think you should, you know, I don't, in the same way that I think that, you know, you don't have to shoot the landscape with a wide angle lens. You can shoot it with a long lens. You can shoot details. You can shoot, you know, I don't think there should be any, rules really in that respect um i think you you know it's an art form and you should be able to express yourself and shoot you know however you want to do it and just for me sometimes adding the human element adds something to certain images and sometimes it, it probably doesn't and then i won't use that shot or maybe i do use that shot and people are just like why the heck did you put that <laughs> you know sometimes maybe it doesn't work i don't know but i just you know sometimes it just adds maybe a little bit of scale or it adds, you know, I think I, I posted a shot on my Instagram recently. It was a frozen waterfall and I posted the shot without the human element and the shot with the human element, you know, and then there are those people that, you know, the majority of people on Instagram preferred the human element, but that just might be, you know, the people that were looking at that image. And for some people, they probably would just rather not see a person in there. So, you know, it's, it's so subjective. I'm, I'm not very good at giving you a clear answer on that one. But no, I just... that's, that's great. Yeah. So like, I, I guess what I get from that is, um, you know, not, don't be afraid to, to go outside your comfort zone and try to um, incorporate different things in your photography. Um, I, I... Yeah, I agree. And I think there is some, you know, I think sometimes if you're labeled as a landscape photographer, um, you know, why should you not you know but people that just are very keen I think sometimes to stay within their particular genre because they think that it's gonna if they shoot other stuff or share other stuff and I think the other thing that I've learned from a lot of photographers is that they do shoot a lot of different things but they just don't choose to share it they choose to just share the thing that they want to be known for and I mean I don't know whether that's you know there are there are schools of thought that that say that that's definitely the way that you should go and that's definitely what I always, you know, learned was that, you know, you should, you should have a niche, you should just shoot the, the one thing and be a specialist at that. But all I can say that is in my own personal experience, the opposite has worked for me. I have kind of made more of a name for myself by being more of a generalist and shooting different things than I have from just shooting the one thing. But I hope that people would still take me seriously in whichever genre I'm you know, shooting. And I, and that's the thing, I don't know, maybe I'm not considered to be a landscape and nature photographer by many people because I shoot other stuff too. I don't know. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I know that there are a lot of photographers out there who enjoy just shooting and um, not, not being able to, I guess not, it's not not being able, but not being pressured to label themselves as a certain photographer would really you know, take that weights off, you know, um, their shoulder. As, as you say earlier, um, there's a lot of this uh, notion of, you know, niching down, niching down. And 
you know, it might be true in, in a way, but at, at, uh, in some other way, if that takes away the happiness of um, shooting and taking photo, then I totally agree with you, you know, just do, do take what you, you love. So really good advice there. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, share us some, some of your struggle. I know, um, you know, being a, a female in a male-dominated um, photography um, male-dominated industry um, can be challenging, I would be guessing. Um, so um, share some of your struggles and uh, maybe some of the stories on where you can, um, where the listeners can find some inspiration and um, find some, um, what do you call it? Like uh, someone to look up to um, when it comes to photography and excelling in photography. Um, so I think, you know, when I was starting out, it was, there were definitely more male kind of landscape and nature photographers that you um, would see. I don't know that um, there are less women shooting. I just think that they were less visible. Um, and, you know, this is something that I've really thought about a lot. I think certainly there are more and more female nature and landscape photographers becoming visible. And I think that's the key is that People just need to see that there are people like them out there. And I think that, you know, comes down to, you know, the color of your skin and, the, you know, whatever it is. Like you need to see that there are people like you doing the thing that you love because that helps you to feel like you, you can, can succeed in that thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, like I haven't had huge struggles, I don't think, as a, as a woman, um, just... Well, I don't know, maybe I, I just, maybe I just don't notice stuff, but um, I think the main thing has just been the lack of visibility of, of women out there. And I think that's certainly changing these days. You're seeing a lot more women. And, um, and I think a, a lot, there are more different styles of, of kind of nature and landscape photography that we're seeing as well. Because I know, you know, at one point I was using, you know, kind of 500px as an example of, as a, an online um sharing platform and you would see very similar styles of photography all the time you know very much the wide angle um excuse me landscape um and i think you know things i'm certainly seeing a change in what i'm viewing on social media i'm seeing you know different styles of nature and landscape photography which is a real kind of breath of fresh air i just think anything that opens the doors and allows people to express themselves and not feel that this is the only way or this is this is the only way to be popular if that's what they want. You know, it's just nice to see, as with everything in life, a diversity of, you know, people and of styles. And, you know, that's, that's yeah. I'm not sure if I went off track again there as well. <laughs> oh, that's, that's very interesting that you mentioned that, actually, because uh, I never really considered that. But, um, yeah, like, it's, it's very interesting that um, to think that, you know, it might not necessarily there are less female photographers, but maybe just... Um, less female photographers that are uh, more vocal about it that there wasn't as much back then so that's very interesting um, point of view um yeah. so no, i see, oh, sorry just to interrupt no. but i you know on workshops and things you know the the number of women um there's loads of women out there and when i'm out you know in the back country and stuff it, there's not more men than women and there's you know just as many women with cameras and stuff they're out there doing it but for some reason, they've just not been as visible, I think, you know, that's, that's the thing. There's definitely a lot of women out there doing it. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And um, so is that, 
I guess, you know, like being a, a male, like we, we all like to, um, we, we all have that dominant, you know, nature on, on ourselves of that self-centeredness we want to get out there. Unless the females sometimes are a little bit more modest about their, their, their um, you know, about their, about themselves. Uh, so would you encourage, um, what would, what would you encourage other female photographers to, to get out there and to be, um, to share more of their work, um, you know, to, to be seen more of, um, um, in this world of photography? So you're saying what, um, how would I encourage them to, to mm-hmm. share? Yeah. What, what would I think, um, I think sometimes, um, as well with, female photographers they tend to be just from my the experience that I've had and I could be wrong with this but I see a a kind of an intuitiveness about female photographers often it's less they tend to be less technical and more kind of intuitive intuitive and so sometimes when they're placed in a situation with um you know guys who are maybe talking in more kind of techie terms it can be a bit a bit intimidating or you know it's just not the way that their brain and i'm not might be making sweeping statements here i'm not sure but um i know i've been in situations where i you know i've been sitting with you know some some guys chatting about landscape photography and there tends to be a a very kind of technical bias to their kind of talk and sometimes i feel a little lost but you know I can look at, I know my stuff, but it's, it's an intuitive kind of, I can't necessarily put the right words to it, but it's more of an intuitive thing. Um, and I think for some women, um, because the, there were a lot of men that were very visible in the landscape field and running the workshops and that kind of stuff, the thought of going on one of those workshops where maybe you, the technical side would be, would be just, you know, sort of talked about in terms that weren't as, as, um as as easy for you to connect to maybe that has been something that women have found difficult but you know i i hope i'm not making massive sweeping statements here about the sexes but and there are lots of women who are really technically savvy i'm not one of those women but so from my i should really be talking from my own point of view but certainly for me um i'm not that technical so that kind of stuff i find a little bit intimidating and so i could see maybe some other women might feel the same I don't know yeah interesting thanks for sharing that point of view um I never really again it's something that I never really think about and um yeah that's very interesting to to think about um you know whether how how we approach it as a as a human in terms of uh, photography some really get technical about the gears and the settings and I know that there is a lot of people who really care a lot about like what the settings is well as mm-hmm. like you know like for example for me like if you if you ask me it's like what setting do you shoot it's like I'm not sure I just put it on the aperture priority mode and you know if you set your priority right the the photo will turn out right <laughs> like so that's uh, i i can totally relate to that and that's uh, i think that's not only in um in uh, you know male and uh, male kind of um separation but just mm-hmm. like in personality separation um i can definitely see that because <laughs> like when i when i see people talking about it's like oh yeah this is the settings i get switched off as well it's like you know like it's just a number guys <laughs> so that's yeah. yeah i'm glad that you share that it's uh, something that i've never really think about and i guess when you know when you do like um a workshop uh, a lot of workshop like yourself it's important to understand that point of view so that you can relate to different people um at their own level so um perfect yeah, yeah. um yeah, sorry carry on no. <laughs> <Go> on. <laughs> so share share with us um 
one of your favorite story in photography or uh, yeah favorite moment in photography where, where you um you know where you capture a certain photo and it's just um, maybe one of your favorite or one of your memorable because of the condition that you had to capture those photos um, on. Um, I'm just trying to think. Um, um, one, I guess one of my one of my favorite images um, would be one that I shot. Um, I think it was not this last fall, but the fall before, and I just headed out uh, with a friend, um, and we had some. Um, kind of uh, misty conditions, but no sun coming through. So it's very kind of dull and, and sort of overcast, but some, but some, some quite nice poor frost and mist, um, but just waiting for the light to come. And um, we were just by a lake and we had we suddenly had about 10 minutes of this beautiful, the light just broke through the clouds and we just had these beautiful light rays and just this intense, beautiful light for just this short sliver of time and then it disappeared again. But I get, I think it's moments like that for me, like just these, you know, when you're in nature and you, especially when you go out as regularly as I do and, you know, you, you know, quite often conditions are not um, optimal for the, for the kind of, I don't know. And this is the other, we're going off point here in my mind because, you know, there are, you can say that conditions are not optimal for landscape photography, but really any conditions can be great for landscape photography. You just have to go out. But when you do hit those golden moments when, you know, the light does something beautiful and you happen to be in the right spot and, you know, you can shoot it, it kind of, it really helps with those many days when you head out with your camera and, you know, you don't get that kind of situation. And, you, you know, you can be shooting all sorts of things. You can be shooting puddles with, you know, uh, frozen puddles or leaves or, you know, there's so many different things you can shoot, but it is really nice when um, nature delivers those amazing moments and you happen to be there, especially when you go out as regularly as I do and, and, and that doesn't happen. Um, so it is nice when it does. But yeah, I guess that would be one moment. Interesting. And, you know, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that because I think um, as, um, as photographers, we really get fixated on that perfect perfect moments i'd say in quotation mark i know the, the audience might not necessarily be able to see that but i'm doing this quotation mark gesture here um yeah that that perfect moment and i love how you share that um um you know like um it's it's not always about um that perfect moment um one thing that i want to um I want to get your take on is um you know especially like you do like weddings as well um what what can you do when when the condition doesn't turn out the way you like it like you know or the way you expect it i should say because you know as a photographer whatever photo shoot we 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 plan to do usually we have this expectation of you know the light's gonna be like this and uh, the sun's gonna be you know at this certain angle or whatever it may be you know but what ha uh, what can you do and what what do you do when um the condition kind of just says like you know what, I'm going to give you the whole total expectation from, from what you had in mind. Mm -hmm. I think um, it, it's too, it's kind of different when I'm shooting portrait stuff to um, landscape stuff. But as an example of a landscape situation, um, I was heading into the back country in the this last fall with a, with a couple of friends and um, the forest fires were really raging down in the U S and the smoke was really bad coming up into Canada and um, 
you know you could you could barely see anything like you couldn't see the mountains you couldn't you know it's like do we go like you, we can't even see the mountains and then of course you've got the issue of actually hiking in those smoky conditions and you know how much are you breathing in and is it worth doing this and I know loads of people because that particular hike that we were booked onto um, we'd had real problems getting onto it um, it it's, was very popular and so loads of people had cancelled that trip and maybe partly because of the actual physical problems they might encounter with hiking in the smoke but i that trip produced some of the most some of the images that I loved the best last year um, that hazy smoke added this amazing atmosphere to the shots um, they're some of my favorite images and I think you know if I'd have actually looked you know I did look at the forecast and if I'd have gone by that and thought well you know I won't see the mountains and you know it I, I think you know sometimes those adverse conditions can produce the most beautiful and unexpected things and I think that can be the issue with um, projecting forward what you want to capture rather than just being I mean I think you know we all do that to some extent and I certainly if I'm going to a place I will look at images of that area just to get some idea of what I might see and that kind of stuff and you see certain conditions and you're just like oh I really want that I really want those conditions but I think if you just go with an open mind and adapt to whatever is provided sometimes those adverse conditions can produce the most beautiful and unexpected results but you just have to adapt to the environment and not be fixated on well I was going to get that shot with that tree and that mountain and it doesn't work because of this and so I can't shoot it you just arrive and then just see what is presenting itself to you and and, and shoot it that way um, and then I think with the portrait stuff you know again I'm when I shoot when I shoot portrait stuff, for me, the environment again is really important. So um, I'm often looking at weather forecasts and um, you know, trying to predict whether if there's sun, what direction will it be in? So you know, where am I gonna position my client or whatever? So it's a slightly different situation, but whatever happens, you know, if you're booked to shoot at that time, then you have to just go with the conditions that are available and adapt and you know, for example, if it's a super bright, sunny day, you know, then maybe move your subject into the shade or, you know, there's loads of different things you can do. Um, but it, it's, it's slightly different, I think, with portraiture. And I mean, I've got a shoot coming up uh, tomorrow and I need to look at the weather forecast. So I will start by, you know, it's a portrait shoot. I will start by looking at the weather forecast and trying to figure out what the light might be might be doing so then I can decide on what kind of location but at the end of the day it could all be totally different so I'm just going to have to kind of plan according to that and then just go with whatever I'm provided with and try and make the best of it and move things around to just make use of the conditions and quite often you know you go into a shoot with the idea of maybe the thing that you want to get but quite often you'll come out with something entirely different but it could be better so I just I think don't be disappointed if you can't capture the thing that you envisioned um, you can have that kind of idea but maybe something even better will happen so yeah awesome yeah I think one that one word that um I really like what you just mentioned you know within that um, um within what you shared earlier is that that open mind like approach it with an open mind and I think that's a, a really really strong um word when it comes to photography because I, I know I had done this in the past where I go come to a location the condition doesn't look great and then I would just go home but over time like you say like you know sometimes it's unexpected unexpected things would happen um, and if you don't 
if you don't approach photography with an open mind, um, I I probably I would miss a lot of those moments for sure because you know I would just go like, okay, not great, let's go home. But if you approach it with an open mind, you could look past that and look at different things um, around the area. So yeah, that's a really good advice that you have there. Fantastic. And so, do you have um source of inspiration that you usually um, go to when it feels like, you know, when you feel uninspired or when you feel like, uh, you know, like uh, when you don't feel like taking photos and your photo is just like repetition or, you know, boring and so forth. How would you find and how would you get out of that mindset and try to find that spark again and that creativity within yourself to create a photo that you can be excited again? Um, I think you know, I, I spend quite a lot of time looking at the work of other photographers and, um, you know, kind of going down rabbit holes on different social media platforms and, you know, looking at people's websites and that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I just find looking at other people's art, you know, if I'm struggling, I, you know, I know with the pandemic and people not being able to travel, I've been become a lot more interested in the smaller scenes which I was interested in back when I started photography but um, that stuff kind of went by the wayside a little bit and so looking at the way that you know certain people are shooting you know kind of smaller scenes and stuff that it gives me inspiration and so um, you know I'll, I'll head out with my dog with no plan to shoot anything but just take my camera and then as I'm moving around in the forest and the light does something or I see something, you know, sometimes in the back of my mind, I'll come back to some of those images that I've seen and that I've been maybe looking at recently and they will help to inspire me or help me to think about how I would approach shooting that certain subject. So I think, you know, looking at other people's work is, is for me, that's one of the, you know, and I think, you know, not just looking at one person, you never want to, to just copy somebody, but um, just taking inspiration from a number of different photographers is is probably how I do it, and artists as well. And sometimes reading stuff or watching a movie can trigger something. You know, you can be watching a movie and then there's some, I don't know, like, I, you know, if you're into portrait photography and you watch Blade Runner or something like that, you know, there's a certain feel to that movie. And that can um, can help me to feel inspired about maybe doing some kind of a shoot with that kind of a feel or... So yeah, just being open to kind of, and the same with music, you know, music can, can, can kind of make me feel creative um, as well. So yeah, a number of different ways, but I think for me, I just, you know, I have to just go out as well. So look at stuff, you know, look at stuff in books or on the screens or whatever, but then I have to actually go out. There's no point in me just sitting here thinking about, well, if I do this, you know, I've just, I just need to get out there and actually, you know, maybe not go out there with the intention of shooting, but have my camera with me and then, that everything kind of comes into play the images that I've seen will you know they'll still be in my mind and that kind of stuff awesome yeah that's um that's really interesting with the music um something that I'd never really consider but um yeah you're right because like with the music you get this different feeling and you know when you have different feeling you approach things different differently never really um done that but I, definitely something that I, I, I would try now um, that's very interesting advice there um, now with them with the you know photography um, being um, we can call it saturated being so popular right um, how, how do you stand out um, amongst 
all of these photographers, um, you know, for, for those listeners who kind of just started and um, in their journey, um, in, uh, in their photography journey, what kind of advice would you, uh, would you give them to be able to stand out um, from other photographers out there? Um, I think the key thing is to not try to um, adapt yourself to what you think that you should be or, you know, I think you need to really hold on to the thing that's important to you. So, for example, you know, if you, I don't know, if you, if you're stuck at home with your kids, um, you know, and, and photographing your kids in a certain way is the thing that really speaks to you. There's no point in trying to be, I don't know. I think really whatever's really interests you don't shoot stuff that doesn't interest you because there's no point. There'll be no soul in it. So um, shoot what, what means something to you and what interests you and, and stick with it and you can listen to advice from people and take little snippets of it but ultimately I think listening to your own gut feeling about what speaks to you and what works for you is certainly what I've done you know I mean I, I, like I said earlier so many people said oh you need you need to specialize you need to be this you need to be that and I just thought well you know I, I don't want to like I want to if I want to shoot that I want to shoot that and so I'm going to do it and I might you know, you know you might know that if you put it out there and if you're gauging stuff by some of your social media, you know, you're going to have people that will be like, oh, I, I didn't want to see that. And maybe they'll unfollow you. But that's OK with me. I'm just like, OK, well, that's OK. You know, if you don't if you don't want to stick around for those kind of images, then, you know, bye. That's OK. Like, I, I'll still continue to um, to shoot what what interests me. And I think that's the key for people, um, you know, just really stick with what resonates um, resonates for you. And then ultimately, you know, hopefully your own vision will bring you above um, the crowd and, and you'll kind of hopefully if you want to get noticed, I don't know, but you'll certainly feel more fulfilled if that's, you know, if you're not in it for the for the money or you're not in it for the social media, then you'll certainly feel more fulfilled if you do it for yourself as well. Awesome. Yeah, that's I think that's something that's really important for I mean, in photography anyway, I know that I have kind of fall down. Um, that mistake before where, you know, I, I kind of take away my love for photography, trying to confirm, conform with what other people like. So really, um, I think that's really important in photography or in, in sustaining your love for photography in the longer term. Um, um, yeah, really. Um, and so having said that, you know, like when you kind of shift um, from, um, for those listeners who kind of want to shift from um, just being a hobby and try to make uh, a, a living out of their passion, whether they want to do it as a full-time or a part-time, what are some of the advice can you, um, can you give them, um, you know, based on your journey? Um, it's going to be so different for every single photographer. Um, it's really hard to, to know. I think um, just I think always trying to be sort of true to yourself and, you know, whether you're trying to make money or not, people, if, you know, people tend to buy from people that they like as well. So, you know, if you're, if you're going to spend an hour shooting with someone, they, they kind of, you know, they want to like you as well. So um, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one, but um be true to yourself. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> like try and be a nice person. And, you know, 
I think that kind of pays off really like you know just be a nice person be somebody who responds to people that that inquires of things with you be be someone who hopefully is generally likable um and then they might want to do business with you and it's not really a photography it's not too much about the imagery but more about just the kind of person that you are I think that's That's really interesting. I mean, you know, when you think about it, it's it's very true. You know, like uh, nowadays, people with with the social media, we feel like it feels sometimes it feels like it's more distance, right? With with uh, with with this human interaction. So, um, I I think that's a really good advice. Being able to um, uh, being able to be a person and uh, be personable um, will actually give you uh, a competitive advantage. So, yeah, that's a really good advice. I think so. And I think, you know, like if you're, if you're physically shooting somebody, so for example, if you're shooting somebody, somebody's wedding and you're with them for 12 to 14 hours, you know, you need to not be, you need to be a reasonable person. You need to be somebody that they want to be with for that amount of time. But, the, and, but again, you know, coming back to social media stuff and social media interactions as well, you know, if people uh, interact with you and you don't bother to even say thanks or you know how do they feel about that how does that make them feel if they take the time to say something about your image and you just put it out there and you're just like well here's my stuff and you can like it you know like it, it's it, it I feel that you know for me social media is like a, a global it's like word of mouth but on a huge scale so it's like if you're trying to build those clients by word of mouth in your city or your town social media is that same thing like you're building clients potentially but on a global scale so if you interact with them the way that you would a person that's how I look at it so you know I feel that if somebody messages me unless it's you know just a spam thing then I will do my utmost to to respond to that and the same with people making comments about my posts or whatever and even you know people that may say stuff that you don't want to hear you know they may not say the most complimentary thing but again I think thinking about how you deal with that and not just like losing your shit and just like <laughs> you know, letting them have it you know like think about how you're going to respond to that because you know you, this is these are potentially your clients as well so yeah, and I may have gone off track there. I'm sorry if I did. <laughs> no, I think you're really spot on. Um, you know, um, I mean, like I know there's um, with with the social media, it's it's true. Um, I, sometimes it feels like you're you're talking to a robot, right? Um, you know, some 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 people doesn't reply, you know, and you kind of go like, okay, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like, well, thanks, I'm talking to the wall. <laughs> I, it's it's literally feels like that, isn't it? I know it's it's a social media, but it literally feels like that. Like you know, if you're talking to somebody in a cafe and he or she doesn't reply to you, that's literally what it feels like. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting because. Um, because like you don't see the expression so you don't really kind of you don't really think of that sometimes but when when you think about it it's literally feels like you're talking to a wall when you don't reply to someone else yeah totally i mean every person that puts a comment out there is a person (laughs) you know like so if you can attach the person to the comment and respond to them in that way you know it's it, it would be the same as like walking down the street and someone says to you that's a really nice coat you're wearing and you're just like do you say nothing <laughs> wouldn't you say well thanks and it's hard to you know if you do have you know if you, you are busy on social media it's not always easy to keep up with all of that stuff and maybe you can't always be 
you know, 100% responsive. But I think that it goes a long way to let, you know, if you let people know that they have been heard, even if you can't necessarily respond because you're really busy, you know, like the, these are, all, we're all humans out there. <laughs> so I think you, you need to interact with people in that way. Oh, that's amazing. You definitely, you just changed the way I, I think about social media for sure. Um, you know, like, uh, uh, like I know, like it's 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 always in my in my mind that you know there's it's a person behind that that account. But when you put it that way, it's it's really different. Like you know, think think of it like you like you say when you talk when you um when somebody give you a compliment on your code, it's yeah, it's it's totally like true. Like wow, it's, it's just I had sorry, I just have a a, a, a big aha moment there. It's like wow, that's that's amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that, um, Victoria. Um, just coming on um, onto um, our one hour mark here. So one question that I always ask um, the guests that come here um, is what advice, like if you were to give one advice to other photographers out there, um, it can be anything. Um, what, would, what would that advice be? <laughs> That's a tough one. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I think, um, I think, I think probably the advice I would give is uh, just remember why you picked up your camera, you know, whatever you're doing, remember why you picked it up. So if you, you know, you know, if it's your business and you're trying to make money out of it or whatever, just remember why you picked the camera up and, and come back to that at some point, because we can get lost in all the different things that we're trying to achieve. But what was it that, um, that, that took us to picking up the camera and how did we, why did we continue with it? Why did we pick it up? Why did we shoot? Why did we keep shooting? So what, what was it about it that, that made you want to carry on to start with, even if you may have lost that now, probably that's it. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a really good advice. Uh, you know, like um, back in 2020, I, like at the end of the 2020, I had a, a photography burnout. And it was it was something that I never thought I I would ever have because I love photography too so much. But um, yeah, like at the end of it, I, I I did exactly what you say. Where just like try to remember what I love about it and stop putting expectation for for myself when I go out and shooting. And yeah, I think I think that's a really important advice to um you know that you just gave out there. So thanks for sharing that. Well, Victoria, it's been a pleasure. I had so much um, aha moments there on that conversation. I love um, all the wisdom and the, the, the advice that you shared uh, with not only me, but also the listeners out there. And um, hopefully, you know, the listeners out there can relate to some of those, um, some of those advice and some of those stories that you gave out and make a difference in not only their, in their photography, but also in their life. So um, yeah, thanks a lot for that. So um, I know you have a, a beautiful collection of photos. Um, how can the listeners um, find or, you know, uh, get to know you better and see more of your photos? Um, I've, I've got a website. So if you want to head to my website, it's victoriahartphotography.ca. The spelling of my name is very strange and difficult. So <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on the description. Yeah. So no worries at all. I've got a website. I'm on Instagram um, at Victoria Hark and I'm on Facebook, Victoria Hark Photography as well. So yeah, come say hi and I will always do my best to say hi back. <laughs>
Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Thanks a lot for, um, for that. Um, thanks a lot for being here. And um, we really enjoy, well, I really enjoy that conversation. And I'm sure the listeners do too. Uh, there's so many things that um, I have learned. And um, I'm sure you will reach a lot of um, the audience in there and bring some inspiration to them. So th thanks for being here. And um, I, I really appreciate your time um, to, to um, the time that you spared to share all of this experience that you had. Thank you so much, Danny. I really appreciate you inviting me. Thank you. Well, Wikihunters, there you have it. There's absolutely beautiful advices there. Um, some that I definitely, um, you know, some point of view that I never really have in my, in my mind or in my experience before. And it's definitely something that I, that will change how I approach photography and um, also how I approach um, um, sharing my photography. So I'm really glad that we had this conversation. Um, just let us know, hit that hit, um, hit that like button and subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it. Don't forget to have a look at Victoria's work. It is absolutely stunning. And um, as she shared in this, um, in this podcast, she have a really wide a range of photography collection and they all beautiful so highly recommend to say hi visit her on uh, visit her on um, her instagram and facebook and um yeah just um like victoria says she always try to reply to everyone so uh, don't hesitate to um, give her a nudge and say hi well thank you very much for being here and i'll see you guys next week